Hello and welcome to Prototype and See, a brand new podcast for designers, engineers and innovators all about the product development journey. My name is James Murphy, co-founder of HLH, one of the world's leading manufacturers of prototypes and low volume production parts. I've been in this industry for nearly 20 years, but I feel there's still a great deal about our customers that I don't yet understand. So in Prototype and See, I'm going to be sitting down with some of the world's most innovative companies, talking to designers and engineers all about the successes and failures, the ups and downs of bringing new products to market. Hi, hello and welcome to the uh, Prototype and C podcast. Uh, today we're very excited to have uh, Jose Camero from uh, Triditive, uh, one of Spain's uh, leading manufacturers of uh, 3D printers. Hello, how are you? Hello James, uh, quite happy to having uh, to this opportunity to, to be on, online with you in the podcast. Good, good. Yeah, uh, very excited to talk to you too. Could you just tell us a little bit about Triditive and, and what you guys are up to? Okay, Triditive. Uh, yeah, I, I was, uh, as you know, I was living in China for almost uh, five years in Shenzhen, doing some product design, mainly for OEMs and electronics and so on. Uh, that usually requires some electronic casing, you know, some product design for the, for, at the end for for prototyping so you many projects uh, get stopped uh, in the phase that they will require the investment for the tooling for injection molding most uh-huh. uh, so in one of my latest uh, projects i discovered 3d printing there i'm talking about the year 2009 or something like that so so quite course, a while I'm, ago then yeah very early i'm quite old quite old yeah <laughs> and um yeah, all? it was a Foscom with uh, it was a project with Foxcom and the Bank of China and Panasonic, and a very 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 good project. And yeah, they took me to a factory. I don't remember the, the factory. Yeah. They have like a three D printing service bureau internally. You know, uh, okay. plenty of SLA machines, SLS machines, and I was like, what is this? What 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 kind of magic is this technology? Uh, so I get get amazed about that. Suddenly, uh, I, I fall in love with this technology. The, the real thing is, is something like passion, love. Okay. And uh, I, I that that Christmas I came back to my country uh, for for Christmas, and I visit my my school, my university, and I'll go to visit some teachers and so on to check if. We were doing something in additive manufacturing, and it was almost everything for 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 to be done. So I have the I had the opportunity to sell my my company in, in Shenzhen to my partner, and I I decide to start uh, Treative. Uh, okay, so that, so that, that's uh, the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, what's the journey been like since then? Like, how how have things well, developed? Uh, the 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 key point is that uh, I decided to start up a company in Spain. That is quite oh. difficult uh, regarding uh, you know legislation and all the regulations you have to do for for a startup company, and also. Wow. Uh, 
we are talking about a, a, a hardware intensive uh, startup. It's not. Yeah. I, I'm not telling that software startups are easier. Of course, everyone has its own uh, milestones, right? Yeah, but hardware but, is no, uh, notoriously difficult. Hardware is hard. I mean, the, the one who puts the name on that really knows what he was naming, yeah. right? Hardware is hard. Yeah. I have to raise capital for doing a factory, you know, without yeah. any yeah. income and stuff. So, so okay. answering your question, the path was uh, hard also. Like okay. Hard. Yeah. But now yeah. we're, we're very happy with the results. Yeah, but th things are going okay. I believe you just got back from yeah. uh, for Formnext. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, how we did that go? Went uh, uh, very, very well. Actually, we doubled the expectations we had from the previous year. Of course, we were introducing a new technology in there that always makes uh, more people came into your booth and uh, uh, make questions and, and so on. The technology is not yet ready, will be launched in Formex next year. But uh, there is a lot of hype in this technology in the, in the market. So as we are doing this technology with Foxcom, uh, we are very well now. Many people is waiting to, to see what we are doing. And we take took one of the first uh, prototype units to the fair and we have massive uh, quantities of people coming to the booth asking and trying okay. to buy. It's awesome. Good, good, good news, good news. Um, and then in terms of the the technology, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what makes your, your technology different from the competitors? Yeah. Uh, Attritive, as, as I worked uh, before for Chinese factories, uh, huge factories, I, I always understand uh, or saw uh, manufacturing like a fully automated processes. I mean, if you want to scale up, you need something that can be scaled up without mm -hmm. scaling up the labor cost in the same proportion. So, uh, as you know, because HLH has a lot of uh, power regarding AM also, uh, in, in the market, all the, the, the 3D printed machines we have, even the industrial ones, are not, not automated. I mean, you require mm -hmm. for an operator to load yeah. the resin or the, the raw material, check the print, load the print, remove the parts, clean the parts, and, and that requires a huge amount of uh, uh, labor. Um, yeah, could, yeah, it's a lot more labor intensive than people think, isn't it? Yeah, well, a lot yeah. more, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I, when I started 3D, I have manual uh, desktop printers, as, as many others. And I, I, I literally I get tired of waking up at 3 a.m. in the morning to go to the factory to replace some uh, print jobs uh -huh. to be in, in the due date uh, um, acknowledged with the customer. So, uh, yeah. Suddenly, I realized like this should not be a scale up because we are a nightmare. So uh, we started developing a fully automated uh, uh, industrial additive machine that can print in polymer, composites, and metals, and also a software that controls that factory, uh, that AM factory, with orders, quotations, uh, digital inventory, uh, version control, user control with a front end that the customers can connect and have their check their prints, how how are their parts made and many, many things. Yeah. So we, we started 
baby steps, but we are more than seven years in the market and we have a very close and broad product to offer to Okay. So, so it's like a combination of hardware and software. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, yeah. we invested almost the same amount of money from our shareholders in maybe it's not 50, 50, 60, 40 or something like that, but uh, we invested a lot on, on the software also. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, which, which was harder? Was the hardware harder? Uh... Uh, I think hardware is more visible. I mean, the money you invest in hardware is, is something that you see. So the shareholders is something easier to explain to them. And yeah. software, uh, to be honest, I will say is easy for me as a founder because I have uh, the most talented CTO uh, that I ever found in my life. So I'm very, okay. very you are glad you are to lucky have, then. have him. You are lucky then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Finding a good CTO that takes care of everything and the decisions and programs, almost everything is kind of, uh, you know, how, how a software startup should be. Yeah. yeah. And what, what about the, uh, the development time? Like how long did it take from like the concept to having the actual physical printer, uh, prototype in front of yeah. you? Like it's a very good question. I mean, we received the first uh, investment uh, in February uh, 2018, and we introduced the first uh, MVP from uh, AMCEL in Fornex in November in the same year. So we okay. it took less than one year to, to, yeah, to do everything from scratch. Very fast. Yeah, very fast. And what, yeah, what was the most challenging aspect of that? What was the most difficult? Yeah. Well, we we really need to um, start uh, uh, looking for providers. I mean, we are always um, looking for reliable providers that can give us high quality parts. Because at the end, the parts that we get from the providers are are those small bricks that builds our machines, and if the quality is not top quality, the prints that you will get in the end are not so good for our customers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, in terms of the technology again, is it, it's, it's like FDM printing? We, we, we have, yeah, we, we have, uh, two technologies, uh, the mm -hmm. fully automated machine, the AMCEL 8300 is a FDM machine with okay. the difference from the competitors that can print metal and polymers even at the same time in different stations parallelized okay. and uh, it's fully automated with a storage system and so on and we have another uh, technology that was the technology that we recently introduced in Fornex uh, two weeks ago that is a binder jetting metal binder jetting technology okay 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 and are there any plans to expand beyond that and look at other processes such as SLA or SLS or are they, are they less, uh, less easy to automate? Mm, mm, uh, we started with FDM because it's the easiest way to, the easiest technology to automate, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But now we have some projects ongoing uh, for automate uh, resin technology. Okay. 
Okay, that's a, that's a, a very different challenge, I think, isn't it? Um, Absolutely, but we can just uh, use the, at the end, Treative is, is the core technology that we do is not FDM, it's not binder jetting, it's, not, it's automation for AM, Zero automation. both hardware and uh -huh. software. Uh -huh. uh, in the first machine, we develop the, the printer itself, plus the automation, plus the software. But in the future, yeah. I'm seeing that probably we will not develop the machine itself because there are plenty of machines in the market, very good ones with a lot of years of experience. We, we cannot do the best in every single step in the process. So we will uh, partnership with them to automate their systems. Okay, okay. And then, and then, in terms of like your ideal customers, like who who do you see using your products, and what what value will they get out of it? Yeah, uh, at the moment, uh, as as you know, uh, additive manufacturing is a quite transversal technology. It can be used by many many sectors. Uh, we are working a lot with the food industry to to gave them the technology to produce spare parts for the factories that's a massive uh, sector here in spain and europe and um, we are also seeing that the big corporates like automotive aerospace uh, but more humble manufacturing sectors are entering in am they already tested their parts most of many of them also in fdm uh, because uh -huh. they are very at the end are very functional parts and last longer in time uh, uh -huh. but hey they, they they try the technology they validate the parts but if they want to scale up productivity they don't find a machine to fit their requirement that's where yeah. AMSL uh, is, is is targeting that's the market people who okay. are already using uh, am and wants to scale up yeah. okay and it's it's mainly people who are using am to manufacture many of the same part or can it also be used to manufacture lots and lots of different parts uh, of course uh, as i like to say am is not like a harry potter's uh, magic one okay it requires yeah. design for am it requires validation and so on so the perfect customer if i have to choose is the one that is already printing i don't know 100 different parts but all the time the same okay? the they time want the same, to yeah. increase yeah yeah but mm. we have customers that are 3d printing service bros that they want mm. just to print uh, different parts yeah. yeah and and your your technology can enable them to do that as well yeah of course yeah. yeah okay and how how do you think like 3d printing uh could help production companies become more sustainable is that is that something that's uh important to you guys yeah uh yeah i think sustainability should be something uh, important for everyone that looks for the future right? 3d is aiming the the manufacturing of the future so sustainability is, is key for us uh we we design a machine that is very uh, energy efficient uh, mm -hmm. very very energy efficient so is more efficient than traditional manufacturing ways of doing parts uh, that's one point and the other point is that um we 
can you we, we don't use so uh, or we don't generate some so much uh, waste material i mean we are not subtracting from from a, a bar of steel for example we are just adding the material in the right precision uh, right exact position the part is needed so at the end we can make lightweight parts that emits less CO2 if they are in a car or plane or anything that moves. Or, uh, yeah, and, and also regarding polymers, we are using biopolymers, a lot of them, uh, especially for the food industry, that is one of our key sectors, and they are very concerned about sustainability. Uh, they ask for FDA, uh, food and drugs approved uh, materials, and uh, with a very low CO2 emission rate or, or some sort of green label on it, like biopolymer, biodegradable, uh, yeah. and these kind of things. Yeah, we have many of them. Okay. And do, do you think the fact that it's all automated will help with sustainability? Do you think it will help reduce waste and, and, and issues like this? Or? Uh, I, I, the, the, I, I think that it will help sustainability in a little bit more complex way as uh, as automation will enable more factories to go into AM because they want, mm -hmm. they will be able to print more cost-effective parts in a higher volume. Uh, they will integrate this technology, their factory plants, so they will reduce their CO2 emissions and their green uh, sustainability issues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but do you, do you think three D printing, because it's so fast and easy to to use, do you think it encourages like a kind of waste culture where it's, it's so easy to make something that you just make it and then throw it away, yeah. whereas in the past it, it would have been much more difficult to do and maybe you would have thought twice about it yeah yeah so you will think twice before printing something right because it was more expensive yeah, uh, yeah. It, it could be but that probably is more regarded to hobbyists probably do it yourself at home or these kind of things but at the end those those guys usually uh, employees uh, biomaterials like PLA and this kind of thing mm -hmm. for that grid and mm -hmm. regular plastic. So I don't see that as a big issue for, for the for the technology. Okay. And uh, 3D printing is like, currently maybe the fastest method of uh, prototyping. Um, do, do you see anything coming in the future which could like challenge that? Say more more another technology that, that surpasses uh, 3d printing or something like that exactly some something maybe more prototyping in the digital world rather than in the physical uh... as far as i understand the market and as far as i know the providers and so on i don't have any idea of any other technology that is kind of preparing to be launched or something like that. Uh, I would say if those changes came into the market or someone launches this kind of technology, it will be some sort of 3D printing technology, in my opinion. 
like sí. uh, CAD design to launch to the machine and, and start manufacturing some in some uh, fashionable way or something. Yeah, but it should be some sort of 3D printing. Right. And what what are the um, like emerging kind of technologies or uh, new trends within 3D printing have you seen that are interesting? Uh, we we recently got very hyped into this market with uh, in this market with uh, metal binder jetting because right. uh, all the patents expire recently and there are some big players entering in the metal metal binder jetting technology so the price will drop and at the end binder jetting is a mass uh, producing uh, it has uh, the capability of mass producing parts very very cost efficient mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in terms in of like the uh, you say you already have a binder jetting machine or you're working on on a binder yes, jetting yes 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 yeah, you we were uh, working with Foxconn the last right. two years to develop a, a machine. And the machine will be launched officially uh, in four next this year, 2024. Okay. okay. And then in terms of like the actual machine itself, like how much were you able to reuse from your previous um, plastic polymer machine? Um, or did you have to start all over again? It's a completely different uh, technology. I mean, is is um, you know, FDM is the filament fusing, can fuse metal or uh, polymer, and it, it draws the part in three D. Uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. But uh, binder jetting is a powder based technology. So you you lay down a fifty forty micron layer thickness of uh, very fine metal powder. Uh, finer than last metal laser sintering, actually. Uh, and then you have like inject print heads, mm -hmm. very, very fast, like an inject printer. But instead of printing uh, ink over a paper, you print binder kind of glue over the metal. So you get, uh, at the end, you get very fast a green part uh, that you have to put in a furnace and sinter, and you get the final, uh, final part. We are getting amazing results with the with the technology. Okay, and does your does your machine automate the the sintering of the green part as well, or is that uh... no 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 no? It's just the we are working at the moment to launch the machine uh, as a standalone unit, not not automated, and all the post process is also manual at the moment. We of course okay. we have in our roadmap tech roadmap to automate binder but it will take uh, probably some years. Okay. And, and what are the biggest use cases you see for, for this kind of technology then? Where where do you see this being? Uh, we, are, we are having some requests of uh, MIM producing metal injection molding companies. But they have some quotations for customers, but the customer did not or does not require a huge amount of parts so injection molding doing the tooling and so on is expensive and uh, they they rather prefer to go into some am uh, technology if it's cheap enough 
combine the jet mm -hmm. it, it is. And also we have, of course, we are working with Foscom and uh, they are wondering to print very small parts, very fine detail. At the end, you are printing like an inject, so you have like a photographic resolution on the metal. Awesome. Okay. Um, okay. To print, uh, to print very small components for electronics, like hinges for laptops, antennas for cell phones and these kind of things. Okay. And then compared to other like metal additive technologies, like laser sintering, uh, for example, like what, where does it kind of stack up? Like what are the, the pluses? And minuses? Uh, I, I would say that uh, the major Drawback that uh, let's start for the for the worst part. <laughs> the uh, metabinder jetting requires post-processing, a thermal post-processing. Post okay, uh, uh, DMLS or la metal laser sintering, you get the part. Of course, you have some sort of process to cut the part from the pr printing plate, and uh, in case you have uh, you have uh, you have um, support material, you have to CNC the part to remove the. The, the support structure that is uh, uh, fused with a part. Uh, and that's the main drawback. The advantage is the metal powder is kind of dirty cheap. We are talking about 25 US dollar per kilo. Uh, the, the particles are smaller, so the resolution that you can achieve at the end in the part is higher. Even the surface quality is much, much higher. Uh, and the process is much faster. I mean, you are, not, you are not applying the energy to solder the particles with the laser, very fine mm -hmm. laser. You are printing one layer in I don't know, three seconds with a printing head, and you are not applying heat. So you can recode another powder layer, print again, recode, print again. It's like it's crazy. Uh, fast. I mean, uh, laser sintering has has its times. Yeah. yeah. At, at the, uh, sorry. At, at the end, the parts that uh, you are working with metal powder that requires some kind of uh, you know cautious uh, measures, uh, but you are not applying the energy to the powder, so you are just gluing it up with some yeah, binder. Yeah. Okay. 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 All right. Um, okay. Thank you very much. Uh, what, what can we expect from uh, you guys in, in the future? What's next? Uh, the, 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 the next big thing we are going to launch to the market is the binder jetting machine. Um, probably we will communicate one of those partnerships we're collaborating now to, uh, still in an early stage, but doing some trials here in our factory in Asturias to automate another technology. Okay. Okay. And if we want to find out a little bit more about you guys uh, and what you're doing, where, where's the best place to do that? Our website. If you drop a, a, an email to info at treative.com, uh, our team will receive and we will take care of Okay. All right. Thank you very much.
Thanks to you, James. Thank good you. luck. Okay. Bye-bye. Whether you're working on your first product or your 10th, you've got the Prototype and C podcast to back you up through your product development journey. Follow, subscribe, and tune in for our next episode. We can't wait to see where your prototype takes you.